But since you're off, you can enjoy both parts of the uh, of the show. You can get our voices, mm-hmm. and you can get the visuals. So get on over there. Like you said, Sports Rap Podcast is the group on Facebook. So get there and check it out. So before we get started, I just want to say yesterday was the 4th of July. I hope everyone had a healthy, fun, and safe 4th of July. Uh, I was sitting here talking to my partner, and we both kind of did the same thing yesterday, kind of to kick back, uh, relax a little bit. You know, didn't really do much of anything. And I think for us, that was warranted because we do have other things that we do outside of this great show that we bring y'all every Monday. So, good little unwind yeah, for the both yeah, of us. Most definitely. Uh, also, shout out to Heat 100's own, Heat 100's owner and CEO, Simply Monica, and hip hop Philly legend, Larry Ladd for bringing you Mitty and Philly yesterday mm-hmm. with state property at the all new Lou and Cheese. I saw some video, I, I didn't make it, like I said, I was on chill mode yesterday and was pretty much in the house relaxing, but I knew it was gonna be what it was gonna be. It's a Heat 100 event, Simply Monica event, so I knew it was a great turnout. So shout outs to them for keeping the city on lock yesterday. And I hope everyone that was there had a great time. They weren't here this morning, so I'm sure when they come back tomorrow, they will definitely have some news um, and some stories about that event yesterday. So, you know, as we do, we're going to get into our news updates. We're going to give you some scores. One many scores yesterday. Um, we're coming to the end of the NBA playoffs. So, we're really going to be riding with the Major League Baseball. We'll probably give you scores because with that thing, it's just too much, too many teams, too many games to really go on that unless we did a whole show on baseball. Mm-hmm. So we got Major League Baseball, we got some WNBA, and we're going to be coming towards the end of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals as well. So, news and updates. Here we go. Reggie Bush wants his Heisman Trophy back after the new NIL law. So, if you don't know what that is, that is the name, image, and likeness bill that has been passed and went into effect Four days ago, on July the 1st, there have already been quite a few college athletes that are that will benefit from this NIL bill. It's a long-awaited bill. Oh, yeah. uh, I felt like for a long time that these amateur athletes should have been able to have some type of compensation from their name, their image, or their likeness. Um, especially if they're like a top tier athlete, they're bringing in God knows how much revenue for their respective sport and for their respective universities. And they saw nothing until now. So we'll talk a little bit about that definitely um, later on in the show. Um, Another story that I'm gonna touch on, I'm just giving you the headline right now. Jackson State's defensive end signs a historic endorsement deal. So just let that marinate. You gotta take a note, write it down for a second. We're gonna get back to that later on in the show. The NFL fines the Washington football team $10 million for workplace misconduct and their investigation. So if you didn't know, talked about this on the show as well. There's been some recent stories about exactly what it said, workplace misconduct mm-hmm. in that front office. So, so with them, taking their name away 
and all this other stuff going on leads to, leads you to believe that there is some dysfunction in that front office down there in Washington, and I hope they get that rectified soon. The Philadelphia Eagles have been ranked 29th in the NFL as a football team based on their talent, and this is per CBS Sports. No surprise to me. Um, with that situation, it's been somewhat of an overhaul. Mm-hmm. Not a major overhaul, but you could kind of look at it slightly as a major overhaul, but it's not as major as you would believe. But again, I, I also think um, that a lot of times these rankings are a little bit misconstrued. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little biased Always sometimes are. as well. Yeah. So, you know, as I do, we just report the news. But again, like I've been saying, ever since we talked about the Carson Wentz and the post-Carson Wentz trade, I still feel like the Eagles are going to be just a touch better than everybody um, is believing that they will be. I mean, they had a, a very bad season last year, and we know that happens. They were on top of that division or in, con- in, in contention for top of that division for so long that it kind of was like a shock yeah. when they fell from like first to last. And we've seen that happen before to other teams, first to last. But I also think it was still a little bit uh, remnants of that Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, and people just couldn't let it go, couldn't get over it. Uh, Olympian Alex, Allison Felix has lost her own shoe brand and she is leaving Nike. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball places Trevor Bauer on leave amid assault, assault allegations. So if you don't know anything about that story, Trevor Bauer, player for I believe the Dodgers, was arrested on some assault charges against a female. And you see, uh, if you saw my post about Sherry Richardson, Sherry Shikari Richardson, which we're going to talk about her today as well, I had a post, and I'm in one of the posts I mentioned that. We still see it today as we've known it has been. There is racism in sports. And I'm not laying claim because as soon as that story came out about her, a lot of people went into the Michael Phelps situation like we talked about. And people thought that I was, and I mentioned it in the way that I mentioned it in my opinions and my thoughts about it. And there were some people who who thought that I was bringing racism into that situation. I wasn't bringing it into that situation. I was just bringing it into sports in general. In terms of coverage? Sports, yes, terms of coverage and of course in terms of time frame mm-hmm. of how these things came out and how and when people use that in their dialogue and in mm-hmm. their conversation. So we'll definitely talk about that. But again, this young this gentleman has been uh placed on leave. So people, if you don't know what that means, still getting a check. That means he's still getting paid. There's a very strong chance, and this is just playing devil's advocate here, that on the other side, it could have been a flat-out suspension. Yeah. So but you got to look at baseball that's right. in terms of how how uh, domestic disputes are handled in baseball. Mm-hmm. They get covered up quick. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. let's think about the, the, the majority of, of players' ethnicity in mm-hmm. baseball. Right. So, you know, they can't, they really can't afford to take too many hits. Because oh, they can't. you know, right. ain't nobody really watching especially, baseball, especially after the season they had with yeah. the COVID thing, with all the breakouts and everything. So yeah, they are really treading. Um, now, treading I, I, my fault, D, but I, 
in that story, and I'm confused because I may maybe I read it wrong, but in that story with Trevor Bauer, was it that it all happened in one time frame, or was it that it happened multiple times? It happened multiple times in that one time. Okay. All right. I was that yeah, I yeah, was yeah. I was a little confused when I read it. I'm like, wait, it was, did she come yeah, back? It was one large incident. <laughs> right, right. But there were several you know, it was so we could say it was one war. Right. There were several battles. Okay, in that all right. War. I got okay? you. Because when I read it, I'm like, Well, hold on. Yeah. If she came back. Yeah, and then everything was one sided. Okay, it? yeah, yeah. All uh right. the Namibia runners um have been deemed ineligible. Due to testosterone rules, testing rules. Hmm. How about that? One? Hmm. Cowboys are to be featured on Hard Knocks this year. Oh boy! Yeah. Um, Olympic Olympic champ Brianna McNeil loses her appeal against her five-year ban. Here we go again. I'm just gonna say that. Here we go again, and just leave that there. You develop your own thoughts, people, <laughs> and whatever you want. Um, there are sources out in a report that wide receiver Josh Gordon has filed for NFL reinstatement once again. We'll see how that goes. Right. Um, I think the NFL is going to tread lightly and really go through everything with a super fine tooth comb for the simple fact that they let him back in mm -hmm. and then he had to go back out again in a short span of time. So I, I would be somewhat surprised if they let him back in if he wins this um, reinstatement. Rick Carlisle is going to be hiring Lloyd Pierce as an assistant. Good thing for Lloyd Pierce um, after being fired from the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in his post, um, I follow him on Instagram, and in his post he said immediately, it, it's, it happens. He understood the NBA and the business side of the NBA. He said, you know, it understood it. It happens. I didn't do what ownership and the upper brass felt like I should have been doing in that time frame. So they let me go and he also said, I'll be all right, I'll land on mm -hmm. my feet. And here he is getting back into coaching as an assistant uh, with the Indiana Pacers. Congrats to Shoei Otani, Major League Baseball player who has made history. This year he's the first ever player to make the All-Star game as a position player and a pitcher. So that's a crazy feat. Oh, yeah. That doesn't usually happen. Um, so shout out to him for that. Ex-NBA player Reggie Theus is becoming the new head coach and athletic director at Bethune Cook. That's great. Um, I think, like you said, Baldy, Dion is, is setting a trend in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. um, I think your initial thought was that what could boost some athletes, some young men and young women to go to mm -hmm. uh, or take a better or longer look at HBCUs as far as pursuing their athletic career at the college level. But now we see it's also bringing in some coaches mm -hmm. who have the experience uh, that some of these young people, young African-American student athletes want to get to. And what better way to show, show them than from someone who has that yeah. exact experience? Well, think, like, think about how think about how uh, Dion's team basically had a lot of ESPN uh, mm -hmm. uh, coverage, yeah. and and now that goes into HBCU broadcasting and journalism mm -hmm. because now it gives a it sheds a spotlight on black journalists, right? You know what I mean? It, it sheds a spotlight on you know uh, 
uh, filmography. Anybody that's trying to get into film, and you know, so it go. It's a trickle yeah. down effect yep. that a lot of people get highlighted in a job that they normally would never probably be seen. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. you know, we talk about them having a TV deal, mm -hmm. possibly getting TV deals. Well, what about these other majors in college that's going to be affected by? Because it? now it's going to like, hey, listen, now you're on the spotlight. Now people right. are going to be listening to what you say or how you present. You know how how you're going to present this this showing. Right. You know who's the directors, who's the management, who's the, so all these things now. It's it's Dion. It's it's the Dion effect. Right. It's almost like that uh, that Netflix show on the Black Godfather. It's the uh -huh. Dion effect, but it's all these folks that's going to get touched by him just being there right. and him having that impact and that exposure is going to spread. Through every aspect of HBCU life and careers and upcoming careers, so I think like like we talked about this maybe five or six years ago. Yep. When we said I'm waiting to see a high recruit mm -hmm. forego all predominantly white colleges right. and institutions yep. and go to an HBCU, well, we kind of seeing it. It's a yeah. it's a wave coming. Oh yeah. It's a wave, and yeah. and and I find it ironic that. The NCAA would okay the NIL agreement right. knowing that kids like LeBron, LeBron's son, and all of them are thinking about going to HBCUs. I find that ironic that yeah. you would put that out then and then say, well, well, I might as well go ahead and, you know yeah. what I mean, and go to a hot, go to, go to a, mm -hmm. a, a bigger school, get the coin. Cause I'm probably not gonna get it there. Mm -hmm. But you know, you know, we know, we both. Oh know yeah, we know what that underlying factor is. Oh, it's, most it's definitely. Most definitely. It's there. Like they, they haven't completely put it out yet. But a lot of the stuff that I've been reading on the NIL bill and, and involving the NCAA, mm -hmm. they, they slightly and coyly reference some things that the NCAA might be doing to try and have their hand still in the cookie. Mm -hmm. yeah, they're definitely not going to have their hand completely out of the cookie. Oh, most definitely. So they're going to stay They'll in They'll never, and, ever give 100% relinquish 100% up. Oh, never that. Never that. Uh, former Magic star Penny Hardaway has emerged as a serious candidate for the Orlando Magic head coaching job. Pretty good for him. Um, Can you say he's trying uh, to bring Larry Brown on? Yeah. You know, um, I think that was why he was still at Memphis, and now he's emerging there. I think that would be good uh, for Penny Hardaway. I think it would be good for the Orlando Magic as yeah. well, and because you know we know what state they're in as far as um, their level of performance and things of that nature in the NBA right now. They're towards the bottom of that uh, realm of the NBA, and they made some trades, so that pretty much means that they are uh, beginning a rebuild with the trades that they made, removing their stars, mm -hmm. their all-stars from that team. So hopefully um, the hiring of Penny, or the possible hiring of Penny, can reignite some fire in the Orlando Magic. I mean, after all, they have a story uh, history, if you will. They first came into the league as an expansion team. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, with the draft picks and everything, with Shaq and Penny, it was and then later on Dwight, yeah. they went to the finals that one time. So they have a, a story past that um, can be relived or reignited. 
Um, congratulations to two Philadelphia Phillies who made the All-Star team. Uh, once again, JT Real Muto um, as a reserve, and pitcher Zach Wheeler is also as a reserve in the All-Star game. So I'm going to give you these couple of scores, these little bit of scores, and we're going to go into some NBA talk because we got to talk the finals is set, and we definitely have a little bit of dialogue that we can talk, discuss about uh, NBA and NBA finals. So, in the WNBA yesterday, the dream def dream fall to the Aces, I'm sorry, 118-95, and the Storm defeat the Sparks 84-74. In Major League Baseball, the Dodgers beat the Nationals 5-1, the Brewers get blanked by the Pirates 2-zip, Phillies get bombed by the Padres 11-1, the Rays over the Blue Jays 5-1, the Reds outlast the Cubs 3-2. And another tight one, the White Sox fall to the Tigers 6-5. Astros 4, Indians 3. Marlins 7, Braves 8. The Twins take that game over the Royals 6-2. The Rockies edge out the Cardinals 3-2. The Orioles don't have just enough to get past the Angels. They fall 6-5. The Red Sox blank the A's 1-zip. Mariners 4-1 over the Rangers. The Mets in game one of that doubleheader yesterday, 10-5 over the Yankees. Uh, the Giants defeat the Diamondbacks 5-2. And in the second game, the Yankees come back and win that game 4-2 in seven games. So, let me give a shout-out. Skylar Digger, fastest WNBA player to reach 3,000 points, 1,000 assists, 200 steals. She is a killer, man. Good stuff. She is a killer. Good stuff there. And that is your news, your scores, and updates. And as always, folks, once again, welcome to and thank you for tuning in to the Sportscast, Sports Rap Podcast right here on Eagle 100 Radio. And we're going to begin our dialogue today with the NBA Finals, which are set to begin on the 8th, which is Wednesday Ooh. of this month. So that's a couple days away. Teams are set, the Bucks and the Suns. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? You know, injuries um, play a part in everything. Ain't that amazing? And it's crazy how a lot of people and a lot of other uh, media has been talking about the injuries um, in the NBA and how it has affect how it affected teams all the way across the board. Uh, we saw what happened with the Sixers situation. And I'm not saying that it was just the injury, but that played a little bit of a part. Yeah, we saw what yeah, happened yeah. there. Uh, we saw what happened in that Suns Clippers series with Kawhi Leonard. And we saw it several times um, in the playoffs. And it was just bad this year. Bad. But again, like Baldy just mentioned, who would have thought the Bucks, who haven't been in the finals since, I think, 74? Yep. The Suns, who haven't been in the finals since 93. 93, haven't been in the playoffs since forever. <laughs> and they made a great run through the playoffs this year. A definite great run. And I give them shout-outs, I give them kudos to that. Frank is tuned in. Thank you, Frank. Shout-out to Frank. 
Um, he's not here with us today, but he has given both of us the word that he got some really, really good news. So, Frank, you know we got your back, bro. We're here for you. you. got any questions, you know you can always reach out to us. And again, congratulations to you and Sheena on that news that y'all got, that really good news that you got. And again, I'm going to keep it family, keep it in-house, and I'm just going to say it that way. Congratulations on the news that you got. Mm -hmm. If anyone wants to know, if anybody knows Frank, you can get in touch with him and find out exactly what that news was. But we're going to keep it under wraps mm -hmm. and let them relish in their moment. Just make sure you got some toilet paper, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, getting back to this little real quick NBA stuff, and then we talk about the Suns. And they haven't been in the playoffs since we said forever. And the last time in the finals was 93. It was the Barkley era. But you have, once again, I said it last week, um, and I'm going to say it again this week. I am happy, proud for three gentlemen in particular uh, within that Suns organization. General Manager James Jones, who had a pretty solid career in the NBA. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was on a couple championship teams in the NBA. Mm -hmm. For Monty Williams, who played in the NBA, worked his way up the coaching ranks, um, had a couple cups of coffee here with us as a player and as an assistant coach with the Sixers. So I'm happy and, and proud of him. And finally, I think I'm the most proud of or four of, yeah, rather, Chris Paul. And people, don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard Sixers fan. I'm going to be a Sixers fan until the day I die. Win, lose, or draw, I'm a Sixers fan. But I'm also a basketball fan. And, and I recognize and have to pay homage to superb talent. Mm -hmm. if, if you look at his numbers and his career, Definite Hall of Famer, no, no doubt about that, definite Hall of Famer. And what better way now for him to finally get over the hump and reach the NBA Finals? Mm -hmm. So I'm super, super proud and super happy for Chris Paul. And, you know, I even went as far as when they talked about him uh, in the last series with that contract tracing, contact tracing, and he was out for a little bit. And, you know, immediately uh, a lot of people brought to my attention or mentioned to me, well, LeBron was at a tequila party. Technically, he broke protocol and nothing yeah. happened to him. Yeah. So why are you doing And, you know, immediately on the uh, on the Chris Paul's side of that story, I immediately posted and I went in, you know, I feel sorry for this dude because it seems like every time he has that ultimate prize within reach, he gets snapped. He gets snatched either some way, somehow. This time I'm happy it wasn't because of an injury, but he did have a slight injury yeah, in the he playoffs. Did. He did. With the shoulder against yeah. the Lakers, so ironically. I I'll be shocked if he don't show up to game one with a neck brace on. And that then, <laughs> you know, with the contact tracing, like I said, he was out. So I I'm really, really happy for him. Uh, you, If you watch that clinching game, he was – so excited like you might have thought that he was a 10 or 12 year old kid on an AAU team mm -hmm. that was 
not prominent or not expected to be at that position in an AAU tournament, and he was just super excited that he was there, and he's finally getting to play for a championship. So, I again, congrats to him, congrats to the Phoenix Suns, and definitely um, shout out to him. So, they rose from being almost an afterthought this NBA season, even with the inclusion of Chris Paul, yeah. to the number two seed in the Western Conference. And once they made that jump, things got a little weird. Things got a little funky over there, and they stayed there. All the way from the remainder of the season into the playoffs, they stayed there. Uh, they beat the defending champs. Mm-hmm. They then, in the conference finals, got to face off against the team that Chris Paul most recently played for that was always so close but just couldn't get to puff on that cigar. Mm-hmm. So it meant that much more to him, I believe. And, and I think that was somewhat uh, part of his emotion that he showed and displayed at the end of that game and during that game where he, from a basketball perspective, he pretty much was saying to the Clippers, y'all got here without me. Y'all had me there and we couldn't get over, yeah, but yeah. now I got y'all. I can mm-hmm. one-up y'all. Yeah, and it is even, it is, it's that much sweeter now that I'm going to one-up y'all, mm-hmm. and I'm going to one-up y'all in y'all building. Definitely get it in they building. You know, so. I, that was, I, I thought that he, that was it. He took pride, he really took pride in the handling them the way he handled them. Yeah. And, the, and the drop 40 on him, and that game, mm-hmm. that game, to me, you could tell, he, he came out with bounce and a step from the rip. Right. Like, and and to finish them off in the way that he finished them off. Yeah. And then arguably at one particular time somebody I remember somebody saying that Chris Paul should be the MVP of the season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of the turnaround yeah. of the Phoenix Suns. And, and, and that's his history. Everywhere he goes. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. he went since he yeah. began to began his transition away from the Hornets. Every team that he went to got better. Oh, most definitely. Um, most definitely. As Baldy always likes to say he watches the games and he always looks at it. and we always talk about each other but Baldy more he's gotten me to do it more watching the mannerisms facial expressions mm-hmm. actions of players on the court and we talk about Chris Paul again in, in that final game the veteran leadership that he displayed and then the swag mm-hmm. and the moxie if you will um, in later moments of that game where there were times when he ran and got the ball. They put a little bit of pressure on him. They were trying to get back in the game. The Clippers did whatever. And ball maybe got kicked to Mikael Bridges or the Booker. And he immediately ran back. Yo, no, give me the ball. Mm-hmm. We going to get this, but it, it yeah, got yeah. to go through yeah, me. Yeah, got to go through me. Got to go through me. And I think there was a double-edged sword there. And when I say that, on one side, I'm saying it because – his veteran leadership, his moxie, his swag, he could taste it. Yeah, yeah. That he was going to get there. And yeah. at that point, as a player, he was determined, and there's nothing going to change me away. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to change gonna this. this 
Nothing's gonna yeah. take this. If I gotta do it all by myself, or worst case, I'm gonna make sure that if, we yeah. make it. If and if it's gonna if it's gonna be a win or loss, it's gonna come it's gonna down, down to, to me. me. Right. Which which a lot of players don't have. I, that's the one thing that uh that Giannis said about Middleton. Mm-hmm. He said that Middleton would tell him, Give me the ball, just get out the way, let me do my thing. Right. So he's the closer. Right. He's always been that guy. He's always been that guy. And when we start to talk about matchups, which we'll get into, but you got to have a guy on your team that when you ain't got it, you got to do it. We talk about how JoJo is. JoJo can kill you all all game. He's not a closer. Right. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a polished closer. Mm -hmm. Right. He's a hell of a free throw shooter. Yeah. He's a hell of a player. But he tends but to, to seal the shoot. Deal. He gonna put the cap on yeah. the bottle. Yeah, he gonna put it on the bottle. But to tighten that cap but up you, and secure it, you gotta secure it. And that's piece. what we don't have. Right. We still don't have piece. that piece. And, and and just to piggyback what you just said about that situation with Joel, and a lot of people are gonna be like, whatever, whatever. This, that, and the third. He had to turn the ball or whatever. But you have to understand basketball people, and I think I mentioned this either in a post or on the air. In today's NBA. You cannot rely on your seven foot star center to put games away completely right, for right, you. Right. It's, it's just the way the NBA is set up right now. And right. there's no discredit to Joel and Joker and whoever else might be considered top flight centers in the league. Because we know now that the center position is starting to slightly make a little comeback, but for a long time the center position was pretty much non existent. Right. You know, as far as far as basic basketball wise in the NBA, but the other side of that double-edged sword for Chris Paul was again another form of a basketball player saying, "I didn't do it with y'all. Y'all might have doubted me. Y'all traded me. We could have went back and tried it again. So because y'all traded me, I'm in the opportunity to do it now. And it's like I said, that sweet taste, that extra sweet taste in your mouth." to be doing it against your former team, the team that traded you yeah. to think or believing that they could get better and still make the same stretch run that they did, which they did by chance. But as a player, you trade me, now I'm back. I got the opportunity to send y'all home and send y'all home in y'all building. Mm-hmm. It gets that much sweeter. So that's my two, it's my double-edged sword there for Chris Paul. So. Like Baldy mentioned, we have some pretty intriguing matchups uh, coming up in this series. Uh, first of all, it, it's going to depend somewhat on the health of Giannis. With um, understanding that hyperextended knee, uh, him missing the last two games, mm-hmm. the days in between, uh, they just played on Saturday, so now you got a couple more days, right. some travel time, and we know he's getting treatment, yeah. you know, whenever he possibly can. So there's a very good, and it's the finals. Mm-hmm. So there's a very good chance that he will play. That he will play in game one. Mm-hmm. I, Never I, been yeah. to the finals. Yeah, first time there. Um, I don't see saw what playing. saw what his guys did without him. He gonna, he's going to want to be part of that. The competitive nature as a professional, he's going to want to be part of that, and. Also, again, like I said, never been in the finals. I've been hurt the last two games. 
I got some rest. I'm going to give it a shot. Same way in that game six, on the flip side of that, with the Hawks in the Buck series, when Trey Young played that game. Mm -hmm. A lot of people said to me, oh, you think he's going to play, whatever. I said, look, they on the brink of elimination. Worst case scenario, he's going to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, he's going to give it a shot. Because this could be the last one for the season. And if I can do some of the things that I normally do, the way that they had been playing, they might have had a chance. Yeah, yeah. But it all boiled down to a playoff battle-tested team in the Bucks, as opposed to a young team that's making their first run collect as a collective young unit in the playoffs. And there were moments in the Sixers series as well and in this Buck series where you saw the youth in that team. But like I told people um, for those last two series with the Hawks, I'm disappointed that our series ended the way it did, which I wholeheartedly felt it shouldn't have ended that way. But we talked about that and that's a whole different story. But I also mentioned to people this young Hawks team, they, they don't have anything to lose. At all. At all. It, it's kind of like that thing, like you talk about, Baldy, I could just go out and play. Yeah. If I make mistakes, all right, it's my first time in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you I can succeed, be reckless. You can if be If I succeed, then that's even better. It's giving me more experience. Mm -hmm. But I think they did play somewhat reckless. But again, it boiled down to a veteran team, playoff battle-tested team. And I'm sure some people listening are probably thinking, like, well, the Sixers should have beat them, and this, that, and the third. And I'm going to start it off, and then I'm going to let my partner take it away because he's been telling y'all this for, I'm going to go on a limb and say the last two years, mm -hmm. if you will, maybe a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about the matchups. But... One of the things that I said, well, I'm going to say two things, Barty, and I'm going to let you take it away. Mm. Two things that I noticed as far as differences within the Sixers and the Bucks. Both teams are playoff tested. I can give you that slightly. On the Bucks side of the ball, they have players that can shoot the ball and also create and get their own shot. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people mentioned to me, and, I've, and I had said this during the regular season even, um, in reference to Giannis, the things that he does on the court are a lot of the things that Ben Simmons could be doing on the offensive end. Mm -hmm. I said the difference is Giannis will continue to shoot the ball. In that essence, he's not afraid to fit. Right. Um, they just recently made a big thing about how long it takes to shoot the ball from the free throw line. He shot air balls in back the playoffs. Back to back. To back. <laughs> but came right back down and got fouled again and stepped up to the line with that same confidence like short-term memory, like they like mm -hmm. to say. All right, I, blew, I shot two air balls, so what? You going to foul me again? I'm going to get back up. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going right here. I'm going to do it. Same way, and I still am not pushing towards Ben to shoot that three-pointer yet. But Giannis shoots three-pointer. 
freaky looking shot from yeah, three point range. But again, he'll shoot air balls from there. Mm-hmm. He'll miss four in a row. But given the next opportunity, he'll shoot it again. Mm-hmm. So those are the difference that I see in it. So my partner's gonna kick it off now, and we're gonna talk a little bit about some matchups in this Suns Buck series yeah. in the NBA Finals. So before I even get in that, let's look at what you just said about in terms of Giannis and and, and Ben Simmons. One thing that stands out too is be, he's willing to shoot that, and he's also a ferocious rebounder. So in order for you, in order for you to have confidence, you gotta be, you have to have that in you to be effortless as a rebounder because you're not a good shooter. Right. You know what I mean. So you should be an effortless rebounder. If you're not going to shoot the ball, this is just me. Then, my man, you should be giving us 15 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. 15. Consistently. Especially if you're not going to shoot. Mm-hmm. So give us some opportunities to run our offense again. Offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. Get, get a, give us an opportunity. You know what I mean? If you're not going to shoot it, then give us that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But... So when we look at these, we look at these matchups, and I started looking at it. We was talking about Chris Paul, and the one thing about Chris Paul, like you said, he's he's always went to teams, and every time he went to the team, they become that much better. And the one thing I remember about Chris Paul in uh, All American game, two thousand three, two thousand three All American game was in Cleveland. So we took a ride down, and. Staff. That was the same year Staff was an All American. So they was in. They came out the same year, and Staff was the number one point guard in the country. You had Chris Paul, you had Aaron Brooks, you had Chris Lavender. So you had all these guys. Uh, Jr. Gettings. Uh, uh, Big names. Yeah. yeah, Chris Humphreys, Brandon Bass, uh, Leon Poe. Yeah, I remember that game. LeBron. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember being there. So with that being said, was Melo in that game as well? Melo wasn't. Melo, remember, Melo was a year before. Okay, that's right, because Melo did play that yeah, one year. Yeah, he was right. a year before. And Charlie Villanueva, mm-hmm. Shannon Brown, Luau Dane, you had some nice guys. And when you look at the caliber of guys who went to the league in that All-American game, I mean, you almost had 10 to 12 guys. Right. Five might have been impactful. Mm-hmm. And... Had it not been for it being in Cleveland, Chris Paul wins the MVP of the McDonald's All-American game. Naturally, it was in Cleveland. Brian got it. But what Chris Paul did in that game, it was crazy. Because a guy like Aaron Brooks, who was a killer. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He was a killer. He just Chris Paul just stood out. You know what I mean? And him going to Wake Forest at that time was like, yo, he's going to be crazy at Wake Forest. You know what I mean? The ACC, gonna be, that's going to be crazy. Right. And so this dude been doing it. He's been doing it. Yeah. But when we go to the matchups, let's look at the matchups. Uh, you have uh, uh, Aiden, who gets you 16 and 11. Mm-hmm. Everything is predicated off of putbacks and Chris Paul in transition with him. Some dunks, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. Who's gonna, who's gonna uh, be the counterpart to that? Well, Giannis cancels that out because he's at twenty-eight and twelve. 
which he gives you on a daily night. Middleton is at a quarter. He's at 23, 24 points a game. Well, him and Devin Booker cancel each other out. So you just took two of your big pieces that cancel each other out. The matchup is going to be Drew Holiday and Chris Paul. Because Drew Holiday can post you up. He's a good defender, but he can get he can get Chris Paul in trouble quick. You know what I mean? And then having P.J. Tucker, who doesn't have a problem with chasing a smaller guard around and bodying up a bigger guy, that gives Milwaukee a little edge to me. Like I think that Crowder does a great job at being that other guy too. Right. You know what I mean? Which he can kind of stretch the floor a little bit. Yeah. He's a defender. Right. You know what I mean? So when you start looking at the pieces that take each other out, and you start getting down the list, because they only going what three, four, five, six. You got you got uh, Brook Lopez. He had thirteen points a game, and you can see what he does. When Giannis isn't in the game, right? I think he plays better. With yeah, off yeah. The floor. Well, look at how they look yeah, at how they use. The yeah, yeah. It goes into the spacing and all of that because of the things that Giannis does mm-hmm. on the court. So yeah, I, I, I can see that. And getting down the list, like even Mikael Bridges. What do we got? Two two old sixers that's in the chip. Yep. Dario and Mikael Bridges. So, you know, when you look at. I mean, I look at the Suns and I look at how many guys pretty much are double-digit guys. They had like six, seven guys that average double digits. Whereas, you know, Milwaukee, they had four. Right. But what those other guys can do on the court kind of cancels the other guys out. So right. the matchup to me truly is going to be Drew Holiday and Chris Paul. You know, I can see that. Yeah, yeah Drew Holiday because again, I believe that they're gonna they're gonna clear out mm-hmm. and let him walk him down, and then they either gonna have to play zone or come over on that double team. When you come over that double team, they got somebody's shooters too. Open. Yeah, somebody's open. You know, they got shooters too. Mid range, mid range wise, Middleton is is a scorer mid range and long distance, just like Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a better athlete. You know what I mean? Devin Booker has a better handle to get to certain spots on the floor, which he is a better yeah. scorer. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Devin yeah, he's a, little, a better scorer. He's, a little, he's more craftier. Yeah, he is. He's more craftier. Than and he gets more guys in foul trouble than Middleton does. Right. So that's going to be, that'll be the edge to Phoenix. You know what I mean? In terms of even though they may be somewhat even, that edge goes to Phoenix because Devin Booker kill him. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But when you look at it, man, it's hard to call. Like, I mean, a lot yeah. of people are picking the Suns. Uh-huh. And, you know, and that's based off the health of Giannis. Of Giannis. Yep. But it's going to be, I want it to go seven, personally. And that's yeah, just I me. Love for it to go seven that's just myself. me being a little greedy because I don't want yeah. the season to end. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I would prefer, if I wanted the Seagulls, I would prefer it to be. Uh, uh, Phoenix had the better record. Phoenix the home, yeah, so Phoenix is. I would I would want Phoenix to win the first one, lose the second one, win the third one, lose the fourth one. Now we had two two. Yeah, so now we had a. You know what I mean? Now we had two two, and and, and, and now we get to these one 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 situations, and I I would prefer to see it go seven. Right. I don't foresee it being no four two, Phoenix or. 
four to Milwaukee. I just don't see either team just winning two games. Right. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah, see it that I, way. I can't. Like you said, and, and even with a healthy Giannis, with everything that you just said, and then you kind of can play that in there, um, stir that in the pot just a little bit. Mm-hmm. The health of Giannis and some of the play. Like we just mentioned, um, we both felt like Brooke Lopez plays a lot better with Giannis off the yeah. floor because now he's the only one that has that space, to, he has all that space to operate in the middle. But I also think one of the things that is a gift and a curse sometimes for Giannis is the fact that he has enough handle and his long stride mm-hmm. where he can get to the cup fairly easily when he gets the ball in transition right, right, and then goes and attacks. And again, that's one of the things that we wish that Ben Simmons could do because he could do the same thing, go and attack. But like you said, that fear of failure of not being able or wanting to shoot free throws and fail at the line is part of that reason. But Giannis sometimes does that and it takes the Bucks out of the game and it takes his rhythm away. Yeah. Just a touch. Yeah. And I'm not saying he does it consistently. It's that there's moments. Yeah, it is. When he does that but you also, I say this like I said, it's a gift and a curse because you have to love the aggressively mm-hmm. because of his size and his skill set, and then you also have to live with sometimes it kind of messes our rhythm. And that's what I was going to say. You notice that you know how they played the last couple games. The ball actually moves quicker, and the offense actually moves a little more fluidly. You know that when when Giannis is in that game. That ball doesn't right. move as much because it's being pounded. Right. Because he's yeah. trying to he's yeah. trying to materialize a shot attempt mm-hmm. and the shot clock is dwindling down and then the double team comes over. So you're you're limited to how many people touch the ball. Right. Then opposed to when he's not in the game, at least three, almost four people touch the ball. There's an average of three people touching the ball when he's not on the court. Yeah. When he's on that court, it's normally two, two and a half maybe. Right. You know what I mean? Because it may be running the backside pick mm-hmm. to get somebody else open, playing off the double team. Yep. You know what I mean? So the fluent, the fluency and, and, of and ball a, movement when he he's not in the game, you it, see it, it's obvious. It works out better for them when Chris Middleton is in that role mm-hmm. because he's more fluid, right? As far right, as right. And creating his own shot, right. and then he's a better shooter. Yeah, and there's a fear of him pulling that trigger, right? His, he's right. more efficient like, it, it, it's been, Yeah, it, it's been labeled Well, not labeled, but it's been known throughout Giannis' career That When he's on the ball It's a very, very high chance Almost Almost all the time That he's looking to get to the basket Right, right He's not looking to shoot that mid-range mm-hmm. you know, He's looking to get to the basket And that's just If you will, smart on his part Because mm-hmm. him, him knowing his body and his skill set. Right. He knows that's where I'm most dangerous. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, it works better when Chris Middleton is there. It's like you just said, it's a little bit more fluid. Mm-hmm. The little bit better handle, the threat to shoot or pull the trigger, and also the threat to get to the cup because mm-hmm. he has the size as well. And there's also the other threat that he can make plays and make the proper pass if yeah. he needs to. So it's just a little bit more fluid. Yeah. With him there, as opposed to you know, like teams can kind of guess 
what he's going to do. A lot. Yeah. Your guessing percentage goes up a lot mm -hmm. higher when Giannis is on the ball like mm -hmm. that as opposed to when Chris Paul, I mean Chris Middleton. Yeah. Has. And think about it like this. If you're Giannis right now, you're watching your team win games without you, but in the in a fashion and how they're winning the games without you. How do you incorporate yourself for the betterment of the team right. to not interrupt that flow? Because the confidence of these players without you on that floor is at, is at an all-time high. So how do you come back and incorporate yourself? Because to be quite honest with the incorporation should be, yo, Chris, Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Yeah, I get in where I fit in. I'm going to get in where I fit in. Because I know I'm They're going to be expecting me, me to do certain yeah. things. Let's continue to do what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And not just go all ahead and tear it up as a rebounder yeah. and as a defender. And I'll quietly get my 30. Do what David Robinson. I'll quietly get my 30 and we win. Do what David Robinson did when, <laughs> when Tim, Duncan. Tim Duncan got there. Absolutely. He said, young buck, you the yeah, cure. Sure. You're, You're the cure. Yep. I'm just going to interject what I can interject. Absolutely. For the betterment of the team to win the chip, yep. somebody got to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna come down to Giannis himself. Um, looking yeah, it himself. will always come down, and to that's gonna be the heaviest part of it. And so I think it's also gonna come down to a little bit of the coaching staff mm -hmm. recognizing that in the film sessions and making him say, "Look, y'all go ahead, and you stay for a few minutes. We want to show you some things. Like, look, mm -hmm. we got this screen and we got this screen. Screen here is, but you win it." See how that offense is moving. Mm -hmm. We know what you're going to give us. We know what you're going to give us. The other team knows what you're going to give us. Right. Look at what's going on here. You got Chris Middleton doing it, and they indecisive. So if you a real smart basketball player, and you understand, like Bobby just said, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and rebound. And I'm going to get my 30. Because he's still going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to get my 30 because I'm – because I know my body and my mm -hmm. skill set going after the ball aggressively and things like that. I'm going to get mine. And the weird part is, the weird part about him doing that, he's reserving energy. And so what can happen is when the second team comes out on the court, mm -hmm. he can stay in the game. Yeah. And then with and with Chris Middleton <laughs> at that position, me? yeah, and with Chris Middleton at that position, he's going to get a lot of easy buckets. He can stay in the game. There could be a tweak in that, in that game mix. that can catapult Milwaukee into winning this chip. There, there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of different ways to go about it. That's just one perspective that we may we may see or we may agree on. But I honestly believe that the way this the way that team is 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 sculpted. Mm -hmm. If I'm Chris Middleton, and I know Giannis is having issues on the free throw line. I'm going to slide over to the big fella and say, listen, I don't give a damn if you make it or not. Just shoot that shit. Give us an yeah. opportunity to rebound this goddamn ball. Give us that second get opportunity it to the rim. shot. And maybe you won't have to shoot Just get it to the rim. Up and over. Just get it up and over to the rim. Mm -hmm. I know you're trying to make it, but just give us an opportunity to rebound the ball. Yeah. Because if, you if, if you're shooting air balls, yeah, then it's, we got, it's a lost it's possession. Long, it's it's yeah. a lost possession. Yeah. So, yeah, just get in his head and tell him, just get the ball to the rim. Let's get it to the front. We're, we're getting there. We're trying to get it. You know what I mean? But I think that they have a they have a good opportunity yeah. of tweaking their offense. Yeah. And honestly, Phoenix doesn't have to tweak their offense. No, they don't. They're a machine on its own, but that they machine don't. starts with Chris Paul. Absolutely. And if you can slow that machine up, mm -hmm. 
If you could just gives you that much more of a chance. It gives you you got a bigger defender in Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. He's not slow. Nope. He's quick. A little bit more aggressive on the offensive end as well. Yeah. As the other guard is part of, like you said, Bobby, with mm-hmm. the posting up and being able to play on the perimeter. Yeah. And that would be the difference in between how they played against Atlanta. Because with Trey Young, Trey Young is a scorer by nature. He can get to the back and quick, shifty, crafty, and all that. Well, Drew Holiday is, he's crafty, but he's a bigger guard. Right. And he understands the advantage that he has. Right. So he doesn't have a problem with putting his back to the basket mm-hmm. and walking you right on down. You know what I mean? And I somebody's going to. Somebody and he can still finish at the rim. Yes, indeed. So in the hand too. yeah, and so you talking about a you talking about a, a an advantage that they know they have it. Right. Milwaukee knows they have it. It's just a matter of how they intend. And, and on his flip it's side, when you bring Teague in the game, he's another he's a crafty. A crafty guard. He's a crafty guy, mm-hmm. almost like a Trey Young. Yeah. And he can shoot, so he keeps. And he can shoot. You know what I mean? That's so what? it's. The, the the battle of going at least seven, mm-hmm. eight down the roster, that's where it's going to kick in at. Right. It's going to kick in there. When, when that second team comes on there to kind of, you know, stabilize a lead or try to give you some energy to cut into a lead, yeah. that's where it's going to it's gonna determine a lot of the runs. But I honestly believe that that matchup with Drew Holiday is going to be pivotal. Pivotal. Yes, indeed. Yeah, stop, stop, old boy, getting from getting to that free throw line and pull up. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. That is your NBA Finals preview. I hope you learned something. I hope you were entertained. We're going to take our first break of the day. When we come back, we're going to close out the day show with the NIL bill, and we are definitely going to talk some Shakari Richardson. You have been tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. Enjoy. Some classic hip hop inspired by my partner and his posting on Instagram. Boogie Down Productions. Here we go. Enjoy. We'll see you on the other side in just a couple.